0: All right, welcome back everybody to Story, Symbol, Spirit, a podcast on how to make sense of scripture. My name is John McCambridge and I am joined as always by Jackie Mitchell.
1: Hi.
0: Jackie, this is episode 34 today,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Genesis chapter 21, mm-hmm. another exciting episode. Uh, it's just me and you in the studio. You know, we we oftentimes shout out producer Jerry, but uh, for those of you who don't know, there's another podcast through our church called The Rest, yeah. which is with, with uh, uh, Joel. And the host of that podcast now is actually Jared. Yeah, he's not. Who is producer Jerry, which can be confusing. But
2: he's people. also host Jared, which is a different role. And now he's that he's the host, you. I
0: don't think he wants anything to do with us. Yeah, he left. He's big time in us.
2: Yeah, whatever. Uh, so he
0: just put his backpack on and is out of here. <laughs> he just left. So if there's any technical problems, <laughs> uh, Jackie and I, I guess, will figure it out. Which, by the way, I didn't know if you'd be here this week.
2: I know it was up in the air.
0: So what was going on in your life? I'm
2: a little sad. I got called for jury duty.
0: Which most people hate and dread.
2: (laughs) I've really been looking forward to. I've always wanted to do jury duty.
0: You were excited about it?
2: Yeah. I just think it'd be like a cool experience. I was like really ready. And this is the... The fourth day now that I've been like on call, yeah. they just email me every day. You don't need to come in today. That is so sad. Let me come in and solve a crime. <laughs> I, thought,
0: I thought maybe you <laughs> I thought maybe you like did like the jury interview and you were too excited about yeah. it. And like, <laughs> no, it just they haven't even interviewed
2: here. me. I would. I might I need to like tone down my eagerness if I get called and I'm in yeah. that interview and they're yeah. like, Well, she's way too into being on <laughs> the <a> jury. <laughs> There's something <laughs> wrong here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> she thinks she's Sherlock Holmes yeah, over here. She's got like a crime. cap
2: and like a magnifying glass she brought.
0: It is kind of like the audacity of the state of Ohio to think they can solve crimes without you.
2: Right. What are they doing? That's crazy. I Yeah. I guess all of the cases. Are you on,
0: are you on call for two weeks? I am. All right. So you still, there's still a chance.
2: I still have a chance and I'm praying yeah. and I'm praying for it.
0: I would have had to do a solo pod today.
2: I know. That would have been bad.
0: Because, you know, other people on staff were like, I'll fill in for Jackie. And I was like, no, no, no.
2: Too many people say that, I say. No, no,
0: no, no, no. (laughs) We're not doing that, guys. (laughs) We're not doing that. And so here we are today. Like I said, Genesis 21. We're finally going to meet the promised seed.
2: Yeah, big day. We've been been talking about this for weeks. I, I know. Months even.
0: We never thought it would come neither did neither did abraham
2: yeah well we had a clue but yeah <laughs> yeah
0: i mean if you're reading the story you know in order you, you you really weren't sure that's true and so today isaac who's been promised for years is finally going to be born we're going to see that mm-hmm. uh, and before we we go into a recap give us a rating and a review on whatever platform you listen to this podcast on and share it with a friend or a family member mm-hmm. okay just just you know if you enjoy this podcast Send it, send it to somebody that you love, somebody that you think uh, this would be helpful for uh, because we are really moving through the Bible. And so- We really are. We're like in the 20s now in these chapters. This like is like crazy we're getting, stuff. We're getting through it. All right. So uh, when we talk about Isaac, uh, we also have to talk about Hagar and Ishmael, right? Mm-hmm. Because Abraham has a son.
2: Yeah.
0: Ishmael through Hagar. Yeah. Uh, the Egyptian slave, which we talked about a while ago. And so give us a little bit of a recap in yeah. terms of how that's all gone and, and where we are in the story. Yeah.
2: So God promises Abraham that um, a couple things, but that he's going to be the father of many nations. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's going to happen with a child, but Abraham and Sarah don't have a child. Right. Um, they've never been able to have children. And, you know, the, they kind of take matters into their own hands. Sarah mm-hmm. has this servant Hagar yep, and she says, well, why don't you sleep with my servant Hagar? You can make a son that way. Right. Mm-hmm. So Abraham does. And sure enough, they have a son that's Ishmael, but Hagar also kind of rebels against them. I mean, she's not happy that seemingly this is her, I mean, this is her child, but it seems like Abraham and Sarah get to do with him what they want,
1: Yeah, you know? So,
2: so she tries to run away. She flees. She goes into the desert. God intervenes. God comes in says, Hey, you need to go back. You just submit, go Mm -hmm. back. And so she does. And so they've been living kind of, Ishmael's like what now, like 13, maybe something like that. Um, So he's ready to basically start a family. Mm -hmm. Um, So that would tell you that at least to some degree, he's going to be the seed. I mean, this may be what Sarah and Abraham thought. This is what they were hoping for is that Sarah couldn't do it. I know God promised this to us, but maybe, maybe he didn't really mean Sarah was going to have a child. Maybe he just meant I'm going to have a child. So this was kind of like they're, they're taking into their own hands.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and it's kind of the way that the promises of God have seemed to work so far, yeah. which is like here is this kind of broad, nebulous promise, and it yeah. seems unlikely,
2: mm-hmm.
0: right? And it gets clarified and specified along the way, mm-hmm. uh, but but Abraham's ninety nine years old, and Sarah is you know probably ninety years old, mm-hmm. and they've never been able to have children, and so he has a son, and this son is the age where he's going to start to produce this promised yeah. seed, right? So Abraham is probably thinking that that's the the child. He asked God
2: when God says, I'm going to give you a son and he'll be an heir. Abraham's like, well, can you use Ishmael? He's my (laughs) son, (laughs) make (laughs) him the heir. (laughs) That sounds great.
0: Yeah, so in Genesis 17, uh, Ishmael, who's 13 years old, um, in terms of practicality, this is the one that it seems like the blessings are gonna flow through. But God appears and makes it clear that they're actually gonna have a, uh, mm-hmm. that Abraham's actually gonna have a son with Sarah. And that's gonna be the promised seed. And Abraham laughs when he hears this. And then the next chapter, when God appears, uh, mm-hmm. you know, with the two angels to Abraham and Sarah, he restates this promise and Sarah overhears it and she laughs. Yeah. And they both laugh because the promise is unthinkable, mm-hmm. right? But, but God can do it. And that is sometimes the way that God works. And so the promised child's name will be Isaac, mm-hmm. which is the Hebrew mm-hmm. word yitzhak. Mm -hmm. which is laughter, right? Because this is God's big joke. What is impossible through man is possible with God. And sometimes he shows up and does that kind of stuff. And so then we had this whole chapter of of, uh, the judgment of Sodom and Gomorrah. And then Abraham and Sarah last week went down into Gerar, which is the land of the Philistines, who are uh, descendants of the Egyptians. And we see the conversion of Abimelech, who's the king, Mm -hmm. right? And so he starts to worship Yahweh because of Abraham. And the child is still not here. Mm-hmm. So all this is going on and you see the blessings flowing to to Abraham and Sarah, but the, the promise itself is still outstanding. And so yeah. uh, today we get to that promise and how it's going to be fulfilled in Genesis 21.
2: Big stuff.
0: So let's go ahead and, and read one through seven.
2: Now the Lord was gracious to Sarah, as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. Sarah became pregnant and bore a son to Abraham in his old age. At the very time God had promised him. Abraham gave the name Isaac to the son Sarah bore him. When his son Isaac was eight days old, Abraham circumcised him as God commanded him. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. Sarah said, God has brought me laughter and everyone who hears about this will laugh with me. And she added, who would have said to Hmm. Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne him a son in his old age.
0: Yeah, so God's promises are starting to come true. Yeah. So first and foremost the foundational promise, the child is born to Sarah and Abraham, right? Mm-hmm. That's the main mm-hmm. promise that we've been waiting for. And we see that fulfilled here. And so then secondly, the, the child is born at the appointed time,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which is what it says, uh, which you and I talked about a couple of weeks ago. We think yes. that that means springtime, right? Cause there's this weird Hebrew phrase where uh, some of your translations will translate it more, more literally or woodenly. And they'll say uh, when when the angels appeared, and they say at at the time of life, yes, you'll have a child,
2: which seems like spring, right? The yeah, time of life,
0: right? Because yeah. I mean, everything kind of dies in the winter, absolutely, and then the springtime everything comes to life again. Mm-hmm. And so uh, you know, here we are at, at the appointed time, which I think means spring, the the time when life appears. That's when the child is born, just mm-hmm. like they prophesied. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then thirdly, they name the son Isaac, which fulfills what God had promised in yes. chapter 17, yeah. right? And he's circumcised mm-hmm. on the eighth day, which mm-hmm. is the, what God told him to do to all of his children and, and going forward. And then lastly, Abraham is a hundred years old. Yes. Which kind of seems like a throwaway, except that uh, it fulfills something that was said in Genesis 17, 17, because Abraham fell face down there when the promise is made. And that's when he laughs. hmm And he laughed and said to himself, will a son be born to a man a hundred years old? Yeah. And so here he is a hundred years old, Mm -hmm. exactly. And the son is born.
2: And yes, he will be. So you know,
0: the story aspect of the Bible is cool because all of these things matter. They all connect in that way. Mm -hmm. Now this is a very intricate, slow way of reading the Bible. And we've kind of been making fun of ourselves because it's taking us so long to get through this. You know, I do a class on biblical theology at this church where we go through the narrative of the entire Bible from Genesis one to Revelation 22 in four weeks. Right. So you can read the Bible like that. Yeah. You know, Uh, but then this is a tool to really see the interconnections and see that, you know, what is said in this strange line in 1717, when Abraham laughs and just says, oh, come on, can a child be born to me when I'm a hundred? And a couple of chapters later, a child is born to him when he's a hundred. Yeah. Right So these things all really yeah. do connect in the, in this way, which is pretty cool, and so that's obviously the story aspect of our hermeneutic that we've mm, been going through the mm-hmm. Bible, and so he names the child Isaac, which is laughter, uh, and laughter comes when expectations are overthrown. Mm. so if you ever watch a video of somebody like falling,
2: mm-hmm. it's funny, yeah
0: now it's not we don't actually think it's funny if they get hurt, yeah. But we think it's funny because if you see someone walking, they're not supposed to fall.
2: You didn't expect them to. Okay. <laughs> and so then when yeah. they slip
0: on ice and they fall on their back like a cartoon, it's kind of funny. Like, yeah, like it makes you laugh. It, yeah, yeah, that's not exactly. what's supposed to happen. So you think about Abraham's life so far, uh, Abram, which was his initial name, means exalted father. Yes. And for, you know, 90 years, he was not a father. Right. Right. And so he had to bear that that burden of his own name, you know, for for mm-hmm. most of his life. And then his name was changed to Abraham, which means father of a multitude. But at that time, he only had one child. Which
2: is even funnier, yeah. <laughs> so
0: he's not a child of a multitude yeah. or a father of a multitude. He's a father of one, who's not even from his 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 wife. It's yeah. from you know a a slave, a servant woman. And so now they get to laugh because at a hundred years old, he has the child of promise. Mm. And so we talked about this weeks ago, but patience is a huge part of faith, Mm -hmm. right? And here we see the patience and the faith of Abraham and Sarah leading to the fulfillment of God's promises. Mm -hmm. You know, um, we talked about this uh, a few episodes ago, but it's hard for us to be patient when God is working in our lives because when we think of our lives, we think of our lives in terms of our lifespan, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: which let's just say it's 80 years. Well, waiting 10 years for something that we want is a huge cost mm-hmm. when you think of that the totality is eighty years, right? But God is eternal and infinite. He has plans that are bigger than us, and so ten years is nothing yeah. to Him. Your lifetime is nothing to Him mm-hmm. in terms of time span, right? Yeah. And so it doesn't. Our experience doesn't match up with God's experience. You know, we we did that whole "What is it like to be a bat?" thing,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, which is a philosophical question. And the the reason that that's important is because we don't know what it's like to be a bat when we talk about it, we would say, well, it would be like you hang upside down and you're know you you're, you're flying around and I think that would be fun. But really what we're doing is we're saying what it would be like for your human experience and consciousness to be inside the body of a bat. Yeah. But that's not what it's like to be a bat, yeah. right? A bat has a totally different experience of the world. It's not the same consciousness that we have. Mm-hmm. And so we can try to understand God who is infinite and eternal, but we can't experience the world like that. right? So in our experience, waiting for five years or 10 years or 20 years or 50 years is a tremendous amount of patience is involved in mm-hmm. that. And yet God is working infinite eternal plans through us and in us and by us. And so uh, patience, which is a fruit of the spirit, yes, is part of faith, mm-hmm. big part of faith, maybe the foundation of faith. And so um, when we think about the fruit of the spirit being patience, we think of like, if someone interrupts you, are you nice to them or do you snap at them? Yeah. But I don't think that's exactly what the fruit of the spirit being patience really is. I think it's about waiting.
2: Long suffering.
0: Yeah, waiting and trusting God Mm. because he's moving in your life and and you don't know what pace he's supposed to move at. You know what you want.
2: Yeah, that's true. You know what you would like God to do. Doesn't mean God's doing that.
0: Yeah, because God is working in you and through you for something much bigger.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's good.
0: But here now the child is here. And so that patience Mm -hmm. has been exercised, that faith has been shown. And so the question now that they have Isaac is what about the other child?
2: Yeah, what about Ishmael?
0: What about Ishmael? How's this going to work? What's this going to look like? Mm. And so let's do eight through 10.
2: The child grew and was weaned. And on the day Isaac was weaned, Abraham held a great feast. But Sarah saw that the son whom Hagar the Egyptian had born to Abraham was mocking. And she said to Abraham, get rid of that slave woman and her son for that woman's son will never share in the inheritance with my son, Isaac. Mm. spicy. Yeah, definitely.
0: Protective mama bear type stuff going on here, right? Yeah.
2: Interesting, because she came up with the idea. Ah. (laughs) She's the one who who, who suggested this idea. Which is very interesting,
0: because we do that a lot, don't we? Yeah.
2: So (laughs) she said, hey, I can't have kids. You should sleep with Hagar. So Abraham does it. Right. And then she's like, get that woman out of here and her son. Why she's going to take the blessing?
0: Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> we oftentimes make decisions in our lives, and then we end up not liking the yeah. decisions, right? <laughs> but we hardly ever get mad at ourselves yeah, for them, right? She's, yeah, she's mad at Abraham. She's sort of mad at Abraham. Sort of mad at Hagar. Uh, but actually, you know what she's doing here? I think what what we're going to see is that it's not it's not necessarily as um, mean spirited as okay. it seems. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, but but that part of that is certainly going on here, right? Mm-hmm. There's definitely now a rivalry.
2: Oh, for sure. Yeah.
0: You know, uh, Sarah and Hagar. Uh, But this is, so this is kind of a mysterious passage, I think. Um, To be weaned is to be done with breastfeeding, Mm -hmm. right? So for a son, this is basically when the father becomes more involved in his life. Okay. Right? So we raise our children a little bit differently today. Uh, But... But, you know, still, it's still kind of like that. Like, have you ever heard fathers say that they feel pretty useless for like the first year of their child's life? Yeah,
2: they can't do anything <laughs> like, like the mother does. Their child yeah. doesn't
0: need them yeah. at that moment, right? Yeah, that's right? true. And so, you know, um, uh, in terms of, you know, cultural cultural norms at this time, uh, when the child's weaned, then the father becomes involved in his life. For the first two years, the child has to stay with the mother because he's breastfeeding, mm-hmm. right? But then once the son is weaned, there's a ceremony and a feast, uh, to celebrate the milestone and change in status of that mm-hmm. child,
1: okay,
0: of moving on to the next stage of, of of their life, okay. And so, to some degree, Sarah has been protecting Isaac for the first two years because she's been with him all the time.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, but now Isaac will be around the other men more.
2: That's true. Okay. Abraham, yeah,
0: uh, the important people in Abraham's circle and Ishmael, mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, so. Sarah takes a step here to protect the seed, yeah, to protect the promises that God has made to her. So there's some interesting, like uh, linguistic stuff going on here, translation stuff, because it says that Ishmael is mocking, and the the word can mean that, mm-hmm. um, but the word here, if I was going to tell you that it's a root word that connects to something important, what word do you think I would, would tell you that Our it is? Laughter. <laughs> yeah, he's laughing. Yeah, yeah. Yitzhak. Right, That's the same word as Isaac's name, mm. and so I actually like I rarely do this where I, because I'm not like a Hebrew expert, mm. I rarely say like I think this translation's wrong, mm. but I do think that this is not the most helpful translation here because I think something very theological is going on here. Um, I, there's nothing to make it seem like he's ridiculing Isaac or you know acting maliciously,
2: but he's but laughing. He's laughing, okay,
0: which is important symbolically mm.
2: mm-hmm.
0: because who's the seed? Isaac. What does Isaac's name mean?
2: Laughter.
0: Right. Yeah. So Ishmael has been promised from the beginning the blessings of the covenant,
2: mm-hmm. but
0: he's not the seed. Yes. And so by laughing, Sarah is interpreting or perceiving that Ishmael may be setting himself up as like the counterfeit seed.
2: Because
0: mm-hmm. Isaac is laughter.
2: So it makes sense that she's worried. And for she sure. looks at Ishmael and yeah. he's laughing,
0: carrying on, Yeah. you know? Uh, like he 's competing mm-hmm. maybe with Isaac, just based on like his name and what he's doing and and, and so um he's not the child of promise. Sarah's not going to sit there and let him compete to be the child of promise we've already seen and we're going to see here in a second that Abraham loves Ishmael, yeah right it 's his son right and so um uh, this is this is why I think the text goes out of its way here to call Hagar Hagar the Egyptian. We know she's an Egyptian, right? And she's been called Hagar without the Egyptian context lots of times before. And yet here it says Hagar the Egyptian, because what we're going to see here and going forward, we've already seen this is that the Egyptians are particularly antagonistic towards the people of the promise.
2: Yeah. Right.
0: And so uh, Sarah is perceiving that here. Mm,
2: Okay.
0: And so she says, get rid of this son and his mother for he will not share the inheritance. He will not share the status of heir with Isaac, Mm. right? So in some ways, this is probably petty, but in some ways this is faithful because she knows the promises of God. And if she sees Mm. someone potentially trying to step into that promise, uh, she acts to protect that promise, right? Which which is her son. And so it's all very complicated. Mm. And remember that even when we do things in the name of God, sometimes they're sinful intentions and things get in the way and so it's never yeah. quite clean yeah uh, our righteousness is never quite pure mm. but um, you'll see by God's response that overall I don't think that this I think that she's she's protecting the promise yeah right mm. So let's do 11 through 13.
2: The matter distressed Abraham greatly because it concerned his son but God said to him, do not be so distressed about the boy and your slave woman listen to whatever Sarah tells you because it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. I will make the son of the slave into a nation also because he is your offspring.
0: Yeah. So Abraham's distressed because Ishmael's his son. Yeah. He loves his son. Mm. Right. And so he doesn't want to drive him away. He doesn't want him to leave. He, he raised him. I mean, mm-hmm. this kid's 14 years old at this time. And so um, he's, he's been with the men for a while. He's been with Abraham for a while. He's yeah. been raised by Abraham. Uh, but but I think that what God tells Abraham here are, are several things. Number one, I think that He's saying, you know, what what God is saying is that perhaps Sarah's instincts are correct. Hmm. Maybe there is competition and conflict brewing here, and so there needs to be a separation hmm. in order for the plan to go forward. Right? Uh, remember, we've talked about the will of God before and how it gets complicated because He works through sinful humans. Hmm. So this does not necessarily mean. That God wants there to have to be separation in right. order for His plan to move forward, right. but uh, why, why, why would we assume that Ishmael wouldn't try to take the, the the seed?
2: Yeah, that's true.
0: Right. We've seen everybody do everything wrong so far, mm-hmm. <laughs> so God's going to move in this way to protect His promises, and so He says, uh, you know, He 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 tells Sarah that that there needs to be separation because it's through Isaac that your offspring will be named. So the translation we just read says "reckoned," mm-hmm. but your offspring will be named through Isaac. And what we'll see going forward is uh, when God names Himself, He says, "I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, Isaac and Jacob. Jacob." Right?
2: Yeah.
0: Um, and so uh, you know, Isaac is the promise. And mm-hmm. if there's going to be conflict here, if that's going to be a problem, then that has to be dealt with. And so God mm-hmm. says, "Go ahead." And so He He uh, He He also makes a promise to Abraham about Ishmael. Mm -hmm. Right. He says that Ishmael will be made into a nation and that he will be blessed because he's also your offspring. Yeah. God loves Abraham. Mm -hmm. Abraham is God's friend. And so uh, he's not going to cast his son out for his son to die. Right. He's going to protect him and he's going to share in the blessings of the covenant. Mm -hmm. He will receive the blessings. Right. So then 14 through 16.
2: Early the next morning, Abraham took some food and a skin of water and gave them to Hagar. He set them on her shoulders and then sent her off with the boy. She went on her way and wandered in the desert of Beersheba. When the water and the skin was gone, she put the boy under one of the bushes. Then she went off and sat down about a bow shot away, for she thought, I cannot watch the boy die. And as she sat there, she began to sob.
0: So there's some important symbolic stuff going on here. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember that uh, Abraham is the, the the chosen one of God. Mm-hmm. And so when you think about water and you think about living water, which is going to become important as we go forward in the story that comes from God Mm -hmm. and, and, and who he moves through. So Abraham um, gives uh, Hagar and Ishmael provisions for the trip. He gives food and water. Mm -hmm. He gives sustenance, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's what the people of God do to the world, salt and light. Right. But then she finds herself in the desert without water because she's disconnected from Abraham, mm. right? Now this is not her fault, but it is symbolically um, uh, interesting to look at what happens when you, right? What happened to Lot.
2: Right, yeah. Lots of bad things. Right, right.
0: <laughs> so now Hagar and Ishmael are separated. Mm. And in that separation, you lose the water of life, the living water. And so now they're sitting uh, uh, in in under a bush in the desert and Ishmael is dying,
1: mm. mm-hmm.
0: right? And that's because to some degree, it shows what happens when you get removed from the blessings of God, Mm. you know? Uh, And death is now upon them and there's there's no more water. But remember that God made a promise and God makes good on his promises and God is gracious Mm -hmm. and he loves us. And so let's do 17 through 21.
2: God heard the boy crying and the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, what is the matter, Hagar? Do not be afraid. God has heard the boy crying as he lies there. Lift the boy up and take him by the hand, for I will make him into a great nation. Then God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water. So she went and filled the skin with water and gave the boy a drink. God was with the boy as he grew up. He lived in the desert and became an archer. When he was living in the desert of Paran, his mother got a wife for him from Egypt. Mm.
0: So God hears the boy crying out, Mm. right? Uh, this is the same language that's gonna be used in Exodus. Mm. When the people of God are suffering, it's gonna say that he hears their cries.
2: Is it the same as when the the cry of Sodom reached him?
0: Yeah, yep. Like the cry of evil? Yep, the reverse of that. Okay. You know, the blood that cries out from the ground. Yeah. So uh, Ishmael is dying. Mm-hmm. And so in a very real way, his blood is crying out from the ground, yeah, that's right? True. And so uh, God hears him like he's gonna hear his people and those he makes mm-hmm. promises to. And so then the angel of God shows up and says, what's wrong? Don't be afraid. God has heard the boy. And I believe it says, as he lies here, could be translated where he is. Mm. God has heard the boy where he is. And so lift him up and take him by the hand for God will make him into a great nation. Mm. For I will make him into a great nation.
1: Mm.
0: Okay. So the angel of the Lord is Christ.
1: hmm we talked about that <laughs> a few episodes yeah. ago.
0: I mean, I think that this is an okay way to say it. It's somewhat problematic because of, of some philosophical things that's hard to get into, but I believe you can call them the pre-incarnate Christ. Yeah. right. It is the son in the Trinity. Uh, Father, son, and spirit It's the son who, who appears here as the angel of the Lord. And we'll see this going forward, but you see, it's like, it's ambiguous because it says that the angel of God or the angel of the Lord appeared. But then when the angel is talking about what God is going to do, he says, I.
2: He speaks with authority, yeah.
0: I, the angel of the Lord says, I will make him into a great nation. Right. Hmm. And so that's kind of where that biblical theology of of the angel of the Lord and God in a hypostasis Mm -hmm. appearing to people uh, in the Old Testament comes from. And so the angel of the Lord of Christ comes to Ishmael where he is, mm-hmm. which is important because at the moment, it seems like where he is is cut off mm-hmm. from the covenant and nearing death He's apart from Abraham yeah. and Isaac and, and the seed and the promise. And so uh, I think that that this is like a big picture theological thing. I think what this indicates is that God will have relationships and dealings with people outside of the covenant, Yeah. right? One uh, bad way to read the Bible, is to think that in the Old Testament, God was only concerned with Israel. Mm. The revelation of the Bible is about Israel. Mm. And so everything that we're gonna read going forward from Jacob is mostly about Israel and that story. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that the God of the universe is not in dealings with other people, yes. with other yeah. nations, with with those outside of the covenant. We've already seen it with Melchizedek, right? Melchizedek is not from this family. right? He's not from this line. And
2: he's, he's, a, he's a priest, right?
0: He's a priest of the God most yeah. high. He has a relationship with God, yeah. right? Um, um, what about Abimelech? We mm-hmm. just read about last chapter. He
2: converts and yeah. he worships God.
0: And so he now has a relationship mm-hmm. with
2: God. Mm-hmm.
0: He's not a part of the family. He's not a part of the seed. He The story going forward is not going to be about Abimelech and his and his people, Uh it's going to be about Israel because that's the promise. And that's what leads to Christ uh, or the incarnation and, and the crucifixion and the death and the resurrection of Jesus. But God moves mm-hmm. everywhere.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. And so here we see the same thing with Ishmael. Ishmael is separate from Isaac and all the things that are going to happen through Isaac. And yet God hears him where he is mm-hmm. and promises to have a relationship with him.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, And so God says, lift up the boy and take him by the hand. So I don't know why it leaves this out in this translation, but in the Hebrew, it says, arise, lift up the boy and hold him by the hand. So this arise, again, I'm quibbling with the translation here. But the reason is because I think that this is resurrection language. Mm. I don't know why you would leave out the arise part, <laughs> which is resurrection language, right? I mean, sure. Jesus, when he raises someone from the dead, says, "Get up,
1: yeah.
0: arise." Yeah, yeah, it's in Greek, but it's the same the same idea. So, uh, I think that arise is resurrection language. I think Hagar and Ishmael are, are dead
1: mm.
0: in the desert, like no, like uh, Jonah was dead in the, in the sea, whale. yeah. And so God raises them to new life. Mm-hmm. This is a a picture, a foreshadowing, a type of resurrection. What is, What is it that Chad Bird says?
2: Oh, a uh, uh, prototype. A prototype.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a. This is a. Or a, a,
2: or a dress rehearsal. He'll a dress call rehearsal. Some of the incarnation or the pre-incarnate Christ.
0: Yeah, and you can yeah. and you can quibble with this and say, well, they're not technically dead, so this isn't technically resurrection, and yeah. that is correct. Right. Right. That's why it's a type. Right. But right. they are as good as dead. But this is a pointer. Yeah, they're in, the, they're in the desert with no water yeah. and Ishmael's crying because he's dying. Mm-hmm. So God says, arise, mm-hmm. take the boy by the hand. Mm-hmm. And then it says that God opens her eyes. Mm. And what does she see?
2: She sees a well.
0: She sees a well. Mm. So a couple things here. Um, when we see with our own eyes, we die. Mm. But when God gives her vision, she sees the living water.
2: Yeah, we've seen that over and
0: over again. Right. Uh, Second of all, there's this thing about wells. So what we're going to see in the life of Jacob when we get there is that he just goes nuts with wells. I mean, he he is making wells all over the place, right? (laughs) That's true. And even in the next part of this story, there's going to be a conflict with Abraham and where he's in the people with whom he's dwelling Mm -hmm. down in Gerar, the Philistines, over a well. Mm -hmm. So there's something about wells in the desert that is very, very important, (laughs) which is that if you can't find a well, Then you die. Yeah, you're dead. So God opens her eyes and she sees life, Mm -hmm. which is what happens when God opens our eyes, gives us vision. And then it says that God was with the boy as he grew. Emmanuel, God with us, Mm. right? And so this means that God has a relationship with Ishmael. Yeah. He's with him.
1: Yeah.
0: God is with Abraham. And, And Ishmael is not a part of the seed. He's not the seed. And yet, it says here that God is with him, and so even though he's not called the seed, and he's not going to administer the covenant, and so the story going forward is not going to be about him specifically. Uh, this is Isaac's calling. Yeah, um, but it does s- seem to to indicate that Ishmael was regenerate
1: mm-hmm. in the
0: fact that, in the sense that he had a relationship with God. Yeah, God was with him. What does it mean to worship? God, mm. it means to walk with him yeah. in a relational way. And that's what's being said here about someone outside of the covenant family, mm-hmm. which I think is, is, is a good thing for us to, to remember. Um, w- one verse later, which we're going to read here in a second, Abimelech is going to say to Abraham, God is with you in all that you do. Mm. So God is with Abraham because Abraham has a relationship with God. Right here, it says that God will be with Ishmael. So what's true of Abraham in terms of a relationship is also true of Ishmael. It doesn't mean that Ishmael is going to do the things that Isaac is going to do. Mm. That That's not his call. And that's not going to be what happens through him, but God is still with him as he grows. Yeah. Um, and so this is death and resurrection for Ishmael, a type of what we will see in Christ. And the resurrection part of this is actually promised by the angel of the Lord, who is Christ, mm. mm-hmm. right? Uh which I think is, is interesting. yeah so Christ Beautiful. who will be incarnate and raised from the dead here, essentially raises
2: already raising from the dead, from the dead. Yeah.
0: Um, And so I don't know if anyone is like familiar enough with the controversies of biblical theology mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and hermeneutics um, and systematic theology, but um, sometimes this is controversial because in Romans nine. Uh, which we're not going to get into right now, people tend to, in that verse, it seems like Paul's comparing Ishmael with Esau. Mm -hmm. And Esau is not in a relationship with God. Yeah. Right. So um, Esau, which we'll see later, uh, never grows, never shows conversion and repentance.
2: Yes. Yeah.
0: He never encounters God like this. It's never said that he's given water by God like this. He never moves from death to life like this. And so I think that they're separate stories, right? Mm-hmm. I think that they're different. Different things are happening here. Ishmael has a relationship with God. That's what it says. Yes, and he is promised blessing through God. Mm-hmm. And so um, let's do let's do twenty two through twenty four. This is like the next part of the story, right? So that yeah. that that wraps up Ishmael mm-hmm. and Hagar and what's happening with the seed and and and. and mm-hmm. Abraham's other son. So now we get into another- A paragraph break. Yeah. Yep. Mm. Yep. 22 through 24.
2: At that time, Abimelech and Phicol, the commander of his forces, said to Abraham, God is with you in everything you do. Now swear to me here before God that you will not deal falsely with me or my children or my descendants. Show to me and the country where you now reside as a foreigner the same kindness I have shown to you. Abraham said, I swear it.
0: Uh, So it kind of seems like this is an aside. Yeah. Right. And so, one of the things that's just important linguistically is that it begins with at that time. So this means at the time of the weaning of Isaac and the mm-hmm. casting out of Ishmael. This this story. This happens, was also right? happening. So Abimelech, the king, and his commander Phicol say to Abraham, "God is with you," mm. which is what we just talked about, right? Mm-hmm. So God is with Abraham. God is also with Ishmael. Yeah. Maybe different roles, different callings, but God is with you. Mm in all that you do. And so uh, there's this thing of a testimony of two witnesses, which is very important in the Old Testament without the kind of contract laws that we have now and the documentation that we have now. When you make a promise, there has to be witnesses to this promise. That's mm, that's a very mm-hmm. important um, part of, of making these kinds of promises. And so uh, that I think that's probably why Abimelech brings his commander, Feichel, with him. It's a testimony of two witnesses. They say, mm. God is with you. So we want you to ally with us.
1: Mm, mm-hmm.
0: And so this is smart. This, oh, yeah. this actually shows faith, right? Yeah. They, they actually believe that Abraham is a prophet, which God told them. And they believe that Yahweh should be feared.
2: Yeah, they don't want to be opposed to God.
0: Yeah. Uh, and, and the fear of God
2: mm-hmm. is
0: the beginning of wisdom, with right? Wisdom, yeah. So Abraham swears, but what we're going to see here in a second is that there's a little bit of a controversy and then Abimelech and Phicol want so badly to be allied with God that they insist on having a covenant ceremony mm-hmm. with Abraham mm-hmm. here in a second. So let's do 25 through 34. This will take us to the end of the chapter, but mm-hmm. there's, a, there's quite a bit to dig into here.
2: Then Abraham complained to Abimelech about a well of water that Abimelech's servants had seized. But Abimelech said, I don't know who has done this. You did not tell me. And I heard about it only today. So Abraham bought, brought sheep and cattle and gave them to Abimelech. And the two men made a treaty. Abraham set apart seven ewe lambs from the flock, and Abimelech asked Abraham, what is the meaning of these seven ewe lambs that you have set apart by themselves? He replied, accept these seven lambs from my hand as a witness that I dug this well. So the place was called Beersheba, because the two men swore an oath there. After the treaty had been made at Beersheba, Abimelech and Phicol, the commander of his forces, returned to the land of the Philistines. Abraham planted a tamarisk tree in Beersheba, and there he called on the name of the Lord, the eternal God. And Abraham stayed in the land of the Philistines for a long
0: time. So Abraham is providing water to the Gentiles, mm-hmm. right? He's living amongst the Gentiles. He's providing water to them as the mission carrier of God's covenant. The living water goes mm-hmm. through him, mm-hmm. right? Right. So this, this is something that extends all the way yeah. through Christ and then into the church, right? Yeah. We are supposed to be living water to the world around us. And you see this right here at the very beginning of the Bible. Um, and so, you know, as we have seen, even when the people of God act graciously and righteously, those who are not aligned with God act unrighteously. Mm-hmm. And so someone has seized Abraham's well. Yeah. So Abraham's like, no, I'll, I'll, I'll be aligned with you guys, but I need you guys to about hel- my well? I need you to help me with something real yeah. okay. And so, not only do the king and his general agree with Abraham and return his well, but they're like, it's like a, if you know someone is like crazy, and they will like fight you if you get in an argument with them. This may, this might be more as a male, like physical violence is like simmering. I was
2: gonna say, I feel like, like
0: you will deal differently with that person because there's like <laughs> an intimidation. <laughs> there's right? like
2: that intensity. So when
0: Abraham's like, "Hey, one of your like your people stole my well." Abimelech and Fico are like, whoa, 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 He's whoa, like, whoa. I didn't whoa, even hey, hey, hey. hear about
2: it until today. It's the first time I heard about it.
0: <laughs> and so you see the fear of the Lord yeah. here, right? Through through the uh, even even in the prophet Abraham. Yeah. And so not only do they return as well, but they ask to make a covenant with mm-hmm. him. They truly want to be allied with God and his prophet, which is the fear of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Right. And so this is this is showing that they're truly converted. Mm-hmm. They're truly repentant and they want to align themselves with God. And his prophet, and so they do the thing probably that we talked about in Genesis 15, where they have a covenant ceremony. And mm-hmm. They walk through the animals mm-hmm. together, and then Abraham brings seven ewe lambs.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and so I think that this this probably represents blessings to the Gentiles that come through the Abrahamic covenant. Mm-hmm. So Abraham blesses them with seven ewe lambs, mm-hmm. even though they seem to be afraid of him. Yes. Right. Yeah. Um, he gives them seven lambs. Seven is the number that represents completion and fullness. Mm-hmm. We talked about this before. Uh, and so when when the Gentiles or the nations come to God through Abraham and his descendants, they're fully blessed, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't mean that they're the covenant people of God of God,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but it does mean that they're blessed because they they come under the the, the protection and the blessing of God's chosen people. And so... You know, this was the promise all along. This was mm-hmm. the promise in Genesis twelve three, the initial call of Abraham through you, all the nations will be blessed. And this is our status as Christians.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, we have come into the full blessings of God through Jesus Christ, the descendant of Abraham.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so what's happening right now in this, you know, picture of blessing the Gentiles is really what's happened to us. Mm-hmm. You know, we've been grafted into that family. And so we... This is this is a big part of Paul's theology, right? Paul's like talking to the Gentiles and trying to explain to the Jews how this is working and what he yeah. says is that no, they're full members. Yeah. They're fully blessed. And their status is actually different because of the death of Christ and the fact that they're adopted into the family and now we're the covenant carriers. But at the time, there was confusion about so wait, we're the we're the Jews, like mm. the we're God's people. Mm-hmm. Now they want to come in. How does that work? What does that mean? What, how is that, what procedure has to happen for for yeah. that? And so part of what Paul is, is talking about, and one of the reasons he talks about Abraham so much is because he's pointing to these stories and saying, no, 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 it's always been this. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That when, uh, when the Gentiles come to God through Abraham, they'll be fully blessed,
1: mm-hmm.
0: fully heirs. Mm-hmm. And so, um, they, they call this place Beersheba, Beersheba, which means the well of seven.
2: Oh, well, that makes sense.
0: Seven, seven lands. Right? Yeah. yeah. And so finally, Abraham plants a tree and calls on the name of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so to call on the name of the Lord in the language of the Bible means to worship publicly. Mm. So here we see that Abraham is setting up places of public worship for who?
2: For the Gentiles, For right? the Gentiles, yeah.
0: So he's ministering to the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. He's bringing them into the covenant blessings, mm-hmm. which is our status as the church. Mm-hmm. Right? It's very, it's very interesting. Yeah, we're grafted in, which is tree language
1: mm-hmm.
0: and graft branches onto a tree or vines onto a tree. You just planted a tree.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. So, so you kind of see all this stuff coming together. Yeah. Uh, in the way that um, from from the beginning, like we shouldn't be surprised. That when Christ comes and fulfills the the Mosaic covenant, that the blessings flow to the Gentiles.
2: Yeah. Right? And that's what Paul will say. That's
0: what Paul's saying. He's kind of like, Have you guys not read this?
2: Yeah. You he's know? like, get with the program, guys. Yeah. We knew this.
0: Which is kind of what Jesus says. You know, yeah. Jesus says to uh uh when he uh, announces his messiahship. Uh-huh. Um, it says that everyone's happy about what he's doing. And then he says, Well, you know remember that, that all these Gentiles that were blessed before
1: mm-hmm. talks about
0: name in the Syrian mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they all get mad and they try to throw them off a cliff. Yeah, Right. But what he's, but what he's saying is, is the way that he typically does. Have you not read?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Have you not heard? Right. This is what's going to happen. It's, mm-hmm. it is the Gentiles through the family of Abraham that the blessings, that the blessings flow.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so that's beginning to happen here, not just with uh, living water in wells, but also with the worship of God, mm-hmm. setting up these public places and calling on the name of the Lord. So, one interesting takeaway, I think, is that God saved Gentiles in the Old Testament. Yeah, I don't know if that's the way that we always read it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: People always ask me, "Well, what happened to people who didn't come in contact with with Israel?" Mm. And I was like, "I don't know. Yeah, the Bible doesn't say." Right? So that's not my call to make. Mm -hmm. But what I do know is that even in the story of Israel, which is what this is, we see Gentiles being blessed. Mm -hmm. So it's not necessarily true that if you're not an Israelite, you're cut off.
2: And Melchizedek had not previously been in contact with Abraham when he was, when he approached Abraham, right? Exactly. And he was already a priest at that point. He was
0: already a priest. God already had dealings with him in some way. Yeah. Right? And that's just one person. Who knows what else? And this is kind of like when Elijah says he's the only faithful
1: yeah. person left yeah. and God's
0: like there's thousands yeah. right so we don't know what yeah. God is up to right, right. we kind of understand yeah. what's happening in the story that's being told to us here because mm-hmm. that that's where Christ is going to come from which is why it's focused on Israel but God saves people in the Old Testament mm-hmm. Gentiles and so far what we've seen is that everyone who calls in the name of the Lord is saved mm-hmm. so if you are an Egyptian but you start worshiping Yahweh because you see Abraham and his family, you are saved. Mm-hmm. If you are Abimelech and you're a tyrant, but you start calling on the name of the Lord yeah. and worshiping him because of Abraham, you're saved. If you're Melchizedek, like you said, and we don't even know where he comes from. Yeah. But he worships Yahweh, he's saved. Mm-hmm. And so none of these people are Israelites, right? We're gonna see a story later about Naaman the Syrian. He's a convert. He's not an Israelite. He's blessed yeah. by God. He's mm-hmm. brought into the family. We'll see the Ninevites. We already saw it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The Ninevites were all converted in mm-hmm. in in, uh, in Jonah. Yeah. And so they're saved. Mm-hmm. You know, they call in the name of the Lord. They are now a part of the covenant blessing. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll actually see a very strange story in Daniel of Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah. Right? The most powerful man in the world is going to convert. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and in that conversion, there's salvation. Yeah. And so it's been this pattern the whole time. Um, it gets confusing because of the ethnic conflicts that arise at the time of Christ. And that's why Paul has to go through all the things he has to go through. And the apostles have to go through all the things they have to go to, to understand how to assimilate the mm-hmm. Gentiles and Jews together. But it's mostly procedural. Mm-hmm. It's not a theological problem.
2: Yeah, I, I will say, yeah, that's true. A lot of the questions they're answering, answering are really practical things like, well, what can they eat?
0: Right exactly can
2: they wear these clothes you know do they you, have to be circumcised when
0: you read galatians paul yeah. Paul oh, yeah. seems so angry that you would assume it's some kind of like oh these people are saying that gentiles yeah. can't be saved yeah that's not the problem the problem is they're saying they have to be circumcised
2: yeah they're like okay i get that they're saved but that guy's not circumcised what do we do about exactly that? yeah
0: that is what paul is so angry about yeah right if you are a hebrew if you come from these people, you know, these stories, mm-hmm. then there is no way that you're surprised mm-hmm. that the Gentiles are saved through Israel. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause it's here all along.
1: Yeah. I mean, we just read it. <laughs> <it's>, we just <laughs> yeah. read it.
0: There's lots of examples. Yeah. Um, the, what is being discussed and hashed out, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like Jer- Jerusalem council in Acts 15, the mm-hmm. question is not, can the Gentiles be saved? Mm-hmm. The, the question is they are being saved.
2: <laughs> what do we do now? We're watching the Holy <laughs>
0: Spirit come upon them yeah. and we're baptizing them. So do they have to follow the law? Yeah. Do they have to eat the, the, the food the way that we do? Do they have to be circumcised? Mm-hmm. Um, what about baptism? What, mm-hmm. you know, what about food mm-hmm. sacrifice I mean, these are pagans who get their food from the, t- the pagan temples. Can they eat that food?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Can they participate in that stuff? Um, these are people who have different sexual ethic mm-hmm. than us. Um, do they have to assimilate to ours? And so those are procedural questions that are tricky mm-hmm. and intricate, and that is what the New Testament that that's what they're um, that that's what they're arguing about. Yeah, right. And that's what Paul's going off about mm-hmm. half the time. It's not because it's not that oh all these Jewish people you know they don't think that the Gentiles can be saved. Mm-hmm. That's not true. The yeah. only way that would be true is if they've never read this stuff, which yeah. is definitely not true of that culture. They know right. these stories, right? So the New Testament or, is is a question of uh, procedure mm-hmm. and the law. Um, it's not a question of salvation for the Gentiles.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You, the Old Testament Gentiles were saved all the time. Yeah, you see it right, um, and so you know in 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 Romans 4 when Paul starts talking about Abraham being saved by faith this is what he's talking about mm. Abraham was saved by faith he was saved before circumcision mm. right that's the the procedural thing that Paul gets into circumcision was received as a sign and seal of the covenant mission
1: mm-hmm.
0: and for, you know for him and his descendants and so anyone in that line has to do that because that's the seal of the covenant but but he was reckoned righteous before that mm he was reckoned righteous through faith. And so was Melchizedek, mm. right? We know, it doesn't say Melchizedek circumcised, Yeah. right? That hadn't been given, that command hadn't been given to Abraham Yeah. by the time we get to Melchizedek, mm-hmm. right? And so it's, it's the same thing. The, the Ninevites in Jonah, it's the same thing,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? Um, And name in the Syrian, mm-hmm. it's the same thing. Yeah. You know, you see this over and over and over again. Why were they saved? Because they called on the name of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And that is where the New Testament arguments get into. Mm-hmm. But it's important for us to understand that, you know, like I, I do think that there is a, a conception or a perception of the Old Testament where it's like, well, in the Old Testament, only the Jews were saved. And then through Christ, everyone was saved. Mm. That's not exactly true,
2: mm-hmm.
0: right? Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord
2: will be saved,
0: has always been saved. Yeah. What has happened in Christ is that those blessings have now spread to everyone everywhere all the time, mm-hmm. and the relationship that was broken in Israel mm-hmm. and with the Gentiles has been mended by his his uh, by his by the event of Christ mm-hmm. and so salvation is now available in a different way uh, and it's a new covenant mm-hmm. that we enter into uh, but but the reason that Paul talks so much about Abraham um, is is partially. Because in the stories of Abraham, we see the Gentiles saved, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: right? Um, So it's not exactly the same thing, right? I don't want to say that what happened to um, Abimelech is exactly what happened to the Gentiles in the New Testament. That's not true because everything changes with Christ and everything is fulfilled. And Mm so uh, we actually become the covenant carriers. Yeah. So Abimelech is blessed and saved but he's not the covenant carrier. Yeah, Ishmael correct. is blessed and saved. He's not the covenant character uh, carrier. Through Christ, we are saved and blessed and, and we become the covenant carriers, yes. right? Yeah. So it's not one-to-one, it's not exactly the same, but uh, you do see like everything we've been talking about, the, the type,
1: mm-hmm. the
0: foreshadowing of what we see in Christ, mm-hmm. right? So here you see Gentiles being saved and it's not the same, but it's a foreshadowing yeah. of the way the Gentiles are going to be saved. Through Christ, and so um, that is Genesis twenty-one.
2: Beautiful stuff.
0: So next week, Genesis twenty-two. That's a serious story. That's about the sacrifice of Isaac. Crazy right? story. So we're gonna have to probably. I mean, I think we're only gonna do one episode on it, but we'll have to spend some time on that. So um, that's next, and then we're basically done with Abraham. Yeah, we have a couple more chapters, but but we're basically on to Isaac. And then quickly we'll be on to Jacob, and then mm-hmm. and then the rest of mm-hmm. Genesis will be about he and his sons. And so, um, we're we're finally starting to turn the page in the story. It feels yeah. like a little bit, yeah. Yeah. You got, you got anything else today?
2: That's all I've
0: got. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening uh, to Story, Symbol, Spirit, and we will see you guys next time.